Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of the Big 12 University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Now do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I am live streaming on a whole bunch of different places right now. We're live streaming on ZTV Cincinnati, ZTV Online, YouTube. I'm at 2,466 subscribers. I'm also live streaming on Rumble, Facebook, and Twitter X. What's up? Shout out to everybody that's watching on all those. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the likes. Hit all that cool stuff. Help out the algorithm. I'd greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from this glorious place down here. It's the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And you know what? We hit the jackpot with you after Joe Burrow. He's coming back next year. He's going to be better than ever. Make sure you gear up for next year with the jackpot Joey stuff, the flags, the hats. Uh, you can get the beer at Brink Brewery. Uh, portion of the proceed for all this goes to the Joe Burrow Foundation. What is up to everybody in the chat? Which is not that many people. It's I got two. Uh, it's getting, it's, it's, January, you know, we'll see what happens. There's strangers in there. Uh, Joey Carr, my boy's in there. He was on the show yesterday. And Tebow. All right, we had some breaking news. We're going to talk Bearcats here. We're definitely going to talk them. We had some breaking news. First of all, Pete Carroll is out as Seattle Seahawks uh, coach, which that was surprising. And then a big one just dropped that Nick Saban is retiring. So I'm surprised on both of those fronts for sure. We can talk about that with the one of the members of the Final Four, for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. He's the Bearcat broadcaster. He was at the game last night watching the Bearcats barely lose their first home opener as part of the Big 12. They lost, let's see, what was it, 73-74? Yeah, 70, or 74-73, lost to Texas barely. I was very proud of the way they played. Make some free throws, hit some more shots, get a couple of different stops. They win the game. Either way, that's basketball. I like the way they played. Let's get to the man. Let's get to Terry Nelson, see what he thinks about it. Terry, my man, what is going on? He's oh, look at that, got the shades on and everything. Come on, man, yes, I like it. I like it. That's what I you just woke up. <laughs> That's I, I thought it was because we're you're, we're big time now. We're in Big Twelve, so you gotta have the shades on. Yeah, they call those Bearcat naps. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get to to the Bearcats last night. What was that a- atmosphere like at, at Fifth Third? It seemed like it, it was electric. They tried to stripe. Uh, fifth third arena with the red and black and everything. It looked like it worked for the most part. What was the atmosphere like for the first uh, Big 12 matchup? It reminds you of, you know, back in the Steve Logan, Kenyon Martin days. Uh reminds you of the NIT first game last year when they had all the 20-year-olds the down in the in the lower bowl section. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of mm-hmm. tickets, and it was just an incredible atmosphere. The students really got it going on, man. They were doing, um, you know, the chants, the waves. The people were standing up. It was a back-and-forth match. I likened it to uh, on the radio yesterday with Dan Horde, uh, Wild World of Sports back in the day. Yeah, yeah. We had the Mexican fighters. Yep, yep. And they would throw 140 punches per round, and nobody played any defense. <laughs> it was just three rounds of pure massacre. They were just going back and forth, back and forth. But that was awesome. It was awesome. Now, uh, Lukosius, I thought, played really well. He was 7-10 for the field last night. Hit three three-pointers. Uh, we could not st- stop Dylan Tassus. D- is that his name? I think I'm saying his name. 33 yeah, points. Yeah. 13 of uh, 23. I mean, that that dude, I mean, he looked like he's an NBA uh, 
uh, player right there. I'm not saying first round or anything, but he he looked he looked good. And if we're gonna get a couple of stops on him, you know, it's it's this is a totally different game. And I hate and I, I agree with what Wes said. Don't blame this on John Newman. John Newman's a, a 75% free throw shooter. He missed, but there's other plays. It's a one point game. There's other plays the Bearcats could have made to win this game. Yeah, John Newman's one of my favorites. I, I wouldn't blame it on him either, even if he wasn't my favorite. It was a lot of um, – they missed a lot of free throws, first of all. They only shoot 53%, yeah. 8 of 15 uh, from the free throw line. But there were certain things down the stretch in a game like that. First of all, Sue entered the NFL NBA draft last last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Took himself out. He didn't play in the Texas Tech game. Right. And that's why Texas Tech upset Texas. Um, if he would have played – they probably would have one one loss instead of the three that they have. Uh, he is that much of a difference maker. He's career high before this previously was 29 points, uh, 28 points. He had that last year and in the conference tournament. So he's known for having big games. Uh-huh. He's talented. He poses matchup problems. And I was telling this to Dan Horde. I said, you know, in every game in the Big 12, it's going to have somebody new that's going to pose a big threat. Right. When we saw it in BYU. It was a perimeter player. You know, he had a career high. And all of a sudden, you had a big against Texas, and he had a career high. And the Bearcats overcame them both. Um, so they're resilient enough and deep enough and good enough to overcome supreme performances by the opposition. But sometimes you're going to have to mute those players if you want a comfortable win in the Big 12. And the thing is, like, like he had a, a, a career high there, played great, and we were in the game, Terry. And I'm like, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, like, Going into – we, I had you on the show you know, earlier in the year, and I wasn't a big fan of the way Wes set up the the pre, uh, preseason, you know, before uh, before the conference play started. We didn't play a whole lot of people. I thought that was going to hurt us going into Big 12. But so far, I've been wrong, and I'm fine with being wrong. I mean, we won at, at BYU. We lost by one point uh, against Texas. So, I mean, I'm very happy the way – uh, the Bearcats are playing, and, and Jameer Reynolds. I think he he. I texted you during the game last night. I think he became my favorite player. That dunk he made, dude. That reminds me of Kenyon Martin, Jason Max Seal. That's Bearcat basketball, where we just boom try to tear the rim down and dunk it on your face. And that's what we have been missing. I haven't seen a big dude like that attack a rim in a Bearcat uniform in a long, long time. So that that aggressiveness got me fired up. I, I really, I really like his addition to the team. Yeah, once he gets his footwork down and uh, his his spacing, I told him in practice, let me see, they played yesterday, Tuesday. So Monday in practice, uh, I told him, I said, you know what, the reason when you catch the ball, when you dunk, when they're fronting you, when you catch, you really want the ball, your hands are spread, your 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 eyes are, are, are wide, your mouth, you're like, hey, come on, come on, you really know you got the guy, you want the ball really bad. Right. I said, but when you're in Provo and playing BYU, you were half-hearted. Your 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 target hand was kind of soft. You didn't really want the ball, and then when you didn't get the ball, you turned and pouted. Right. So I said, if you want the ball, I said, you ever notice that you know when birds are hungry and the mama bird come back and there's five mouths out there, they're all you know with the mouths open. Right. The loudest bird gets fed first. Right. Exactly. You know, Nick, uh, Corey, uh, Bob Huggins told us one time we were in the huddle and and uh, Nick had taken like, I don't know, six shots in a row, but he's converted them. He took like six shots and created them three other plays and he called timeout. And Hug said, do you want to know why Nick shoots the ball the most? 
And then we were all sitting over there, and Corey, Corey kind of mumbled because he a damn ball hog. And, we laughing, right? and then Hug said, no. He said, it's because he calls for it the most, and he wants the ball. Mm-hmm. You guys don't really want the ball. Right. He said, because if you want the ball, you would get it because the ball has energy. And, you know, when you, it, it, it's attracted to people that really want it. And when I looked at the Jamel, I'm like, yeah, he don't really want it as much. But when he wanted it, like he, they, they, they have to get him deep, uh, deeper post touches. But him and Vic catch it almost like at 14, 15 feet now. Right. They have to back into their action. Right. Which if they had a series of cross screens and they would stop right under the basket instead of coming to the block. Just like Danny Fortson, he would just stop right under the basket, seal you, mm-hmm. and call for it. And if he didn't catch the ball, you would hear it. He'd be cursing and mumbling for the next 10 minutes in the game. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I, I love watching Danny Fortson. They brought up uh, Victor Lockton. I, I actually – I like the way he's developed because it seemed like he – last night he, he was uh, 7 of 12 for uh, 17 points, but he seemed more – confident in his little post hook shot uh, that, that, yeah. than he had been. He, I haven't noticed him going up and, and being indecisive as much as he was at the beginning of the year. So he, he would go up and get close to the rim. He didn't know if he had to dunk it, pass it, shoot it, or whatever. It seemed like last night uh, he's been more decisive. He's, he's getting his position, like you're saying, and he was you know aggressive and going after a shot. He knew what he wanted to do. It, it didn't, uh, is that a correct assessment there, that he looks like he's more confident and more uh, directive of what he wants to do with the ball? Uh, well, Victor has really worked at his game. He is our most versatile player. And probably right now, along with Newman defensively, um, the two offensive, the two league players that we have right now, I think Lockin's going to make, you know, he's fifth in the league in rebounding, fourth in offense, second in offensive rebounding. Uh, he's a guy that is hard to guard one-on-one in the block because he is so crafty and he can score with either hand. He's very... He's a versatile, very finesse, uh, the European style finesse. You know, they didn't grow up in the streets of you know right. roughness in the streets, playing like street ball. Right. They grew up with skill and talent, and and they get all the other muscle and all that stuff later when they get to the states. So when you play against Vic, you got to have a big that can slide his feet because anybody his height, six ten, six eleven, don't right. matter. He's gonna give him buckets. Right. Right. He's gonna give him buckets because he's that talented. The key is. I'll, I'll, I don't know if we'll have a 30-point score this year, mm-hmm. and we're capable. Right. But I just don't think we'll give the ball to somebody enough for them to get 30 points because we got so many guys that feel like they, they could be the go-to guy. Right. And so when Vic had it going two, three in a row, next thing you know, somebody else started getting it going. And then yep. Jamil scored three in a row. And, you know, and it was like you start getting these – it's great – when you're when you're a coach and you're you know you're saying they can't stop us because there's no one person to mute out you know right. we're all kind of hot the ball is kind of hopping and popping but when you know you need a basket when you know you need something out of that timeout we're an inside team you know mm-hmm. we would love to be like BYU and shoot 45 threes a game you know that, and that's what you do when you don't have inside presence but the key to the Bearcats this year is great perimeter play. You know, uh, toughness, shoot the threes when they're there. We don't, you know, when CJ Frederick gets back, we'll have more of a weapon. Yeah, I was going to ask you, when, when is he coming back to you? Have you heard anything yet? He's got a, about another week or two. Uh, okay. You know, he had a slight tear in that same hamstring. Right. Okay. So they're just going to be a little precaution. You know, it's constant massaging and, and being with Dr. Bob and Gene with, you know, ice and stem and stretching and making sure that 
he is ready at least for the, the middle gauntlet part of the Big 12 schedule because, you know, from here on out, every game has got to be the Bearcats' best game. Oh, yeah, it gets nothing but harder. We got we got uh, Baylor coming up here in Waco. Uh, and that, uh, the, the thing I, that kind of irritated me, I wish the game last night was on ESPN, but it's always ESPN Plus, so it makes it even harder to turn the sound down and listen to you guys on the radio because – that, that's what I do want to ask you. Because I, I thought when the game was on ESPN Plus, you were going to be broadcasting on on it there. So does that that happen for the Big Twelve games, or how does that work out? Yeah, I had all the non conference games. Okay, okay. Yeah, and so once Big Twelve hit, the ESPN sent their um, national executives to one of the last games that we had on ESPN Plus, right? Uh, and just to see if we can handle more games in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. They liked the broadcast, but we were having some technical issues out in the in the uh, production room, and it was just something that was like, you know, we got to bring our national team down here because when they bring their national team, they bring the engineer, all the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, they bring all the they bring all their guys, their producer, mm-hmm. um, along with our producer. We have a director that they bring, then they hire their talent. And so we were trying to sell them on the idea that look, man, you're going to save money. ESPN's about saving money. You're not going to have to fly a guy in or, you know, two guys in, put them up in rooms, you know, right. pay for their meals. It's going to save ESPN money because we have a crew here that can handle it. They like it. I had great feedback. They said, you know, you're going to the breaks. were really good. You know, we thought that, uh, you know, you use a lot of comedy, which we love. Don't use too much, but I thought it was very entertaining. So never know. We're setting it up for next year. We got some big plans for next year, how to add to the broadcast. Cool, cool, and I really enjoyed uh, Steve Logan on, on the on the radio side too. Are, are we? Is he done for the year as far as radio broadcasting? Is it just gonna be you and Dan uh, here on uh, on forward? Yeah. So when I took over the television, when they came in, when they approached me about doing television, um, I was looking for a replacement, and we were going around. And first of all, the replacement couldn't be a high school coach, couldn't be somebody that had an AAU team because they were going to be ineligible to to do right. it. Right. And so we were going around and Dan really wanted Corey Blunt. Ah. You know, but Corey's traveling a lot with business with his uh, brand graduate. Right. He's going around doing a lot of things. And then we were going to uh, Terrence Gibson and Terrence travels a lot. Mm-hmm. And then so I thought about Alex Beecham, but Alex, is he's got an AAU program. So he's, he's, got, yep. mm-hmm. he's big time into that. Yeah. So we're at a football game and I'm sitting up in one of the box suites and Logan's right in front of me. And I'm like, hey, man, this is radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's never done anything. He's never done anything right. in the media. And so he was like, I said, brother, it's, 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 it's easier than you think. Dan's a good point guard. Oh, yeah. You know, you're going to read the notes, read some websites, look at these websites, you know, try to get some ideas. Dan's going to give you some – he's going to set you up with some questions that's going to make you feel comfortable to answer them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't see the game as an analyst, that will come later. Right, right. But he will just talk to you about, you know, what happened in 2002 – when you saw a matchup zone or when right. you saw this, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And just get them to talk comfortably. And that's what Dan right. does, bring the best out of you. And it so happens that, you know, Steve Logan has such a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. that he's very good at what he does. Um, and he's getting better from game one to oh, absolutely. the final game. I mm-hmm. thought it was, uh, from what I heard, uh, market improvement. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Sometimes I'd listen to the radio. Or if I was out and about, I'd be listening to him and Dan. And then, uh, but yeah, I, I thought he he did, he did a really good job. I was excited to see him back uh, in the in the Bearcat fold because since he left, we haven't seen a whole lot of him. And it's always cool seeing 
old old Bearcats. Uh, not, not that I'm calling you old, Terry. You know, you're not that. You're not that old. But you know, the the, the distinguished Bearcats. I'll put it that way. The distinguished Bearcats come. Well, you got to start preparing. There was nobody in the pipeline, right? You know, I've been doing UC basketball since I got to UC. Mm-hmm. So when I got to UC in 91, 91, 92, I'm the only one going to the media. Like they were asked, I didn't even have the scoring league. They would ask, can I come to the media room? You know, Nick and Corey or Nick and Herb or somebody would have the best game. They'd be like, can we get I guess you could talk, Terry. You, you were the funny one. That's, Everyone that's talked to you. That's my <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. And, uh, and I was already training for me. I took media in, in junior college. So I always wanted to be a commentator. And then so same thing in 93. And then when 93, 92, 93 was over, I was asked by John Popovich to join Sports of All Sorts. That was the yep. second year it was in, in, in existence. Mm-hmm. And so I did Sports of All Sorts all the way up until 2021, the year after COVID, 21, right. 22. Uh, and I stopped that only because they wanted to keep doing Zooms and not pay me. And I said, no, you need to get, <laughs> get, somebody, get somebody else that needs some experience. I hey, said, hey, no, you somebody, get, get somebody Somebody smart told me, told me if it don't, don't make dollars, it don't make sense. <laughs> right. But we had nobody in the pipeline. Like right. I've done, I've done Fox Sports, the TV games. Mm-hmm. I've done the radio. I've done uh, Bearcats Insider. Uh, you know, I've been doing the games now. So we, I was looking for somebody else we can tap into, somebody that was a name, somebody that had a great career. And when we got Steve Logan, I was like, okay, yeah, this is somebody we can break because eventually – He's going to replace me on radio because eventually I'll get more games on television, 25 to 35 games a year, mm-hmm. whether they be uh, just with the Bearcats or nationally. Yeah. Uh, my plan is to continue to ascend and get better and better at my craft. And so I needed somebody that can, you know, step in the batter's box and get a couple of swings at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then before they get turned over to the range, you know, full time. Yeah, you'll be like George Wheezy. Moving on up <laughs> to the <laughs> sky. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get to, back to some of the game here. Um, Jizzle James, I, I, I've really enjoyed watching him play, his his strength of going to the basket, how his hand strength, how he doesn't get knocked off off his line. Him and uh, Day-Day Thomas, is, is there going to be a time? Like, I, I, didn't, I don't think they played in the game at the same time last night. I don't, I don't remember seeing them. Is that is that something that that Wes is trying to not do? Have them on the floor at the same time, or is this something that he's he's just uh, tickering with? Well, he had them on the floor in different times in the BYU game, mm-hmm. and different time in the last four or five games, he's been trying to play them together. Mm-hmm. But when Dan Skillings is on, and John Newman is having the game he's having, yeah, you know, you don't want to take one of those wing players out, or shooting players out, to put two smaller guards in. It's going to be tough to keep Jizzle James out of the starting lineup. Let's mm-hmm. say this. Back when I played, uh, Nick Van Exel was coming off the bench. So yep. was I. Mm-hmm. And A.D. Jackson was our starting point guard. And when Nick got in the game, things just happened. And A.D. did nothing wrong. He ran the offense, didn't turn the ball over. Great right. defender. But everybody knew the best option was Nick to get those starters minutes mm-hmm. and have AD do exactly what he's been doing off the bench. Right. And so when the switch happened in practice, AD was like fell into that role. He was only about winning. Didn't really didn't really bother him. It was about winning. But Nick had earned the right to step into that starters role. And I think that's what we're going to see eventually here that, uh, you know, Day-Day has been having a tough shooting 
you know, right. tough in shooting, mm-hmm. um, a little careless with the basketball, and and then uh, you know just not being able to finish around the rim. Defensively, he's been spectacular. Right, right. Uh, but just not being able to finish around the rim. You know, he was all seven in, in in BYU, one of seven last night, and he he just needs to add a punch offensively. But when you see Jizzle James get in the game, he's got a clutch gene. Not right. every yes. guard has that. Not everybody has that. He has the ability to, no matter the magnitude of the game, no matter how big it is, he rises to that level. That is hard to do. All right. And I know Wes gets tired of me asking every post game <laughs> about Jizzle James. And if there's going to be a switch, right, right. You know, Wes always says, well, they, they did great. He did this and he's covering for his players. And I'm like, coach, I hear you. And I'm not saying <laughs> bench the guy and never play him. Right. I'm not saying let him lose all the minutes. I'm just saying the the, the 25 minutes that the starters get opposed mm-hmm. to the 15 that the backup get. Right. They switched. Right. Right. The closer needs to be uh, to Jizzle James. Mm-hmm. You know, he's leading the team in free throws. So he's your best free throw option. Right. His mid range is what you need down the stretch because you can't have a bunch of you live by the three, you die by the three. Mm-hmm. And he is such a good like he's almost like Chris Paul, how he snake dribbles up top, uses that high screen, gets the guy on his hip, shoots the mid range, goes to the baseline, shoots that uh follow away baseline jump shot like he did last night. He's got a lot of tools in his bag that we haven't even seen yet. Right. How he attacks the basket, jumps into the contact, hangs until you come down and he shoots it. Like he's got a lot of things I just think will be highlighted even on a greater level once he's inserted into the starting lineup, if that happens. Yeah, if that happens. Now, uh, you brought up a name there, Dan Skillings. And um, my buddy Joe Farsi, which, uh, who's uh, on the show here sometimes, will be tweeting out a lot last night. He kept saying, slow down, Dan, slow down. Um, where is Dan Skillings in his development? Beginning of the year, uh, he looked really good. I mean, he played, don't get me wrong, he played a really good game last night. You know, he cleans clean some things up. But where is he at? I mean, is this is Joe right in his assessment where sometimes he 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 just goes too fast and he needs to like take a breath before he he decides to make his moves? Well, yeah. I mean, he's still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He's six years into playing organized basketball, and the thing about Dan, he's got a different kind of game. Uh, he 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 shoots. He's got a funny shot that shoots in front of his face and he pushes out with those long arms. Right. So he's a spot up three point shooter, but he, the kind of shot and the kind of release and mechanics that he has is not one that allows you to shoot it off the dribble. Mm -hmm. So off the dribble, because he has that um, unique shooting uh, mechanics, he has to do floaters, layups, Like, he doesn't have a stop and pop. He can't go to the baseline, you know, jump up like Melvin Levitt used to do and shoot that high-jumping baseline jump shot or Jizzle James. He doesn't have that. So it's got to be floaters, layups, and all that stuff. So when he's on, he's able to just drive by you. Use He had a a plethora of releases at the rim that you're like, how in the hell did he make that? (laughs) Right. You know, left hand, right hand, Uh Mm -hmm. dunking on you. He's very athletic. You know, wing player, dynamic, a heck of a rebounder, the best rebounding wing player in the Big 12. That says a lot. We got a lot of great athletes in the Big 12. 
I was like, I think we got a really good rebounding team too. I think this is yeah. one of the best rebounding teams that Wes Miller's had. To, to, to well, think days. about the Big Twelve. We, right, the Bearcats lead the Big Twelve in rebounds. Right, yeah, we're the best rebounding team in the in the conference. We are the second best offensive rebounding team in the conference, and that's why we've been in the games that we have been because we're averaging nearly 15 offensive rebounds per game of the 44 rebounds we get as a team. Right. 15 second-chance shots is is huge because mm-hmm. if you get that and score around the basket and convert or you kick it back out and you get those wide-open threes because everybody's coming back in to rebound and you get an offensive rebound and turn around and kick it back out to a C.J. Frederick or C.Moss Lacocious and they knock it down, those are break heartbreakers. Exactly. Exactly. Now uh, we got a big, another big one. Like I said, we're going. You guys, you're going to go to Waco, Texas, uh, Saturday night. Uh, was that eight o'clock? The game or seven o'clock? Uh, whatever down there. Anyway, uh, eight o'clock, eight, 8 p.m. Oh, go to Baylor. Uh, this could be another big test uh, for uh, UC. Uh, I, I think Waco or uh, Baylor's a little better than uh, Texas. But what's your what's your thoughts? Keys going into the game. Things we need to tighten up to to hopefully come out of Baylor uh, with a win. Uh, much more of everything that we just talked about. I mean, the Bearcats know this is a game by game. It's about it's the free throws mm-hmm. and getting to shooters. Baylor is the best shooting team. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Baylor is the best shooting team in the conference. Um, second best shooting team in the conference. Oh, we lost Terry. Lost his, lost his, uh, his feed or his uh, his camera. I'm not sure which. Maybe he'll come back on. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a big test uh, going into uh, Baylor. Like you just said, they are one of the best uh, shooting teams uh, in the Big 12. But, like I said, we do have uh, the big news today that, that we could talk about, if you guys are still there in the chat, is uh, which I was going to bring up to Terry if he comes back on here. Uh, Nick Saban, uh, the shocking announcement of him – retiring and i wonder if that has a lot to do with the nils you know and how hard that is to to do now because we didn't have you didn't have to use worry about nil and all that stuff uh before you could just coach and, and be a coach now you got to worry about you know name image uh like this you know it, it's all about the, who pays the most money yada 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 i think that's that's a that's a big a big thing as to why these coaches are retiring because Nick Saban isn't the only one. I mean, you saw saw Jay Wright leave. You, you saw uh, 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 at the college basketball coaches, which are all uh, Duke's coach left, Shashevsky uh, left, uh, uh, Syracuse's coach, and all these names are slipping my head now. They all left. Uh, the thing is, it, it's it's it's. I think it has a lot to do with it. To be honest, is the. It's it's become a twenty four hour job. I mean, the old ball coach uh, when he went to the NFL, he didn't like it because he couldn't go play golf as much as he did, you know, when he was the coach of Florida. What's up, Terry? You back? I'm back. Bro. <laughs> so I, I was just <laughs> <laughs> that happens, man. Well, I was just I was just talking to, to everybody in the chat here about the about the big news today: Nick Saban retiring, and. I put a lot of it on. He's not the only one we had. We've had the Shesky retire, uh, 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 the coach for uh, uh, Syracuse retire. A lot of these bigger name coaches have been around for a while and retired. I think a lot of it has to do with they don't want to deal with this NIL stuff. That's a, that's a lot of 
work and it's more more work and more effort than they, they had to do before. This it's not just about coaching football anymore. It's it's more about who's gonna pay you the most money. Carroll's out, Pete Carroll's out. Yep, Pete Carroll's out. That's a, that's another big one. Yeah, so it's a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Yet the younger guys that are at the energy to go out and chase all that, you know, coach college coaches coach college for a reason. They don't mm-hmm. want to coach the NFL. You know, a lot of coaches want to coach. They want to build men. Right. You know, they want to build them. Uh, when you start dealing with handlers and you got agents that are poaching your players that are coming to practice and be like, hey, man, I can get you $300,000 at the end of the portal because I got a school that wants you. The player here is $300,000. He doesn't hear development. He nope. doesn't hear stay here, loyalty. He doesn't hear Hall of Fame for my school, put it on for my city. He don't hear none of that. Yep. He heard $300,000, and the agent gets 20%. So mm-hmm. the, going, the agent's going, it's like it's a $60,000 hit I can get right now if I can get him to go to Alabama, if I can get him to leave to go to Arkansas. And so when you get Alabama, when you all you have on your rosters are five stars. You may have an occasional four star, but you got five stars, and a lot of these guys are not getting the playing time that they want. Right. Not everybody's happy, even mm-hmm. though that they're, they're winning. There's somebody that's in that portal who hit that portal who was the player of the year in Louisiana the previous year, yep. California player of the year. You got all these player of the years, and they're sitting, and nobody wants to wait their turn. You know, a quarterback, you may have to wait four years to get your turn. Yep. Yep. Look at the Alabama quarterbacks. Most of them guys are not freshmen when they come right. in there. They've been on the roster two, three years, and it's like next up. You had a season. You had a, then you have somebody who's transcended, like a a two zero or Jalen Hurts, or you may wait two, three years for the guy. And then all of a sudden, it's like a handler comes to them and be like, "Hey, you know, you had a tough game." They hit them up on IG. They hit them up on Twitter and the DMs. They be like, "Hey, I'm so and so. I'm with this agency." Look, man, I know it's tough, but I think you're much better than what you are. You deserve to play more. In fact, if you're really thinking about, you know, taking your game to the next level, I got another school that'd be interested in you, and they could possibly pay you $300,000. They could possibly pay you a million dollars. Would you be interested? And the kid, all he sees is those numbers. Right. He thinks, I can retire. I can do this. I can, you know, have yeah. a little jump start. I can buy me a whip. I can buy <laughs> me a house. I can, you know, whatever. Right. And all of a sudden, they leave that place and not all NIL deals are good because even though you may get the money, you can't pull a palm tree out and put it in Ohio. It just won't work. <laughs> right. Terry's like, where the hell was that money when I was playing? <laughs> right. I would have made a million dollars with my personality. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like Arch Manning, it, 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 some of the came out of since he's uh, the backup in Texas and uh the Texas quarterback's not leaving. Some people thought he might be leaving, and it was kind of surprising that the, the Mannings said that it's good to let him sit. You know, he's enjoying the college life, yada, yada. But, I mean, he I think he got like a million bucks, and he hasn't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just sitting there counting his money. I was like, that's, hey, that, that's good money if you can get it. Sit there and hold a clipboard and get paid a million dollars. I, Hey, somebody paid me to do that. I'll, and plus, uh, the reason that he's not leaving, he's obviously he's a Manning. Yeah. I mean, he, he's getting all the, the, the work and all the stuff he needs. But he also knows that Steve Sarkeesian is a master coordinator. Right, right. He, he, could, he could design plays. He can make you look really, really good. Think of how the Alabama, Alabama offense was previously when they won those national titles as he was the offensive coordinator. Right. He knew, when, he knew how to diagram and get certain people uh, open and get them the ball. They haven't touched the ball. Let me go ahead and scheme to get these players open. He had, he had a string of Alabama receivers 
that were coming out, you know, top, you know, first round draft picks. And, over and they and haven't over had that. Again. They didn't have that this year. Not 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 top notch guys like they, you just talked about. They didn't have that this year. No. And Sarkeesian is like, look, when I get my hands on Manning, mm-hmm. Manning's got some some special stuff. But you know, maybe he has to wait another game or two. But when Arch, when you know, he takes over, he's the real deal. Look at oh yeah, I've I've seen some videos of a high a high school videos. So he he lo- he looks pretty good. Now getting back to to Alabama here. Now we talk about Sarkeesian and. All these other guys that had been offense coordinators or assistant head coaches under Saban, because that was like the thing to do. Like Butch Jones for the Bearcats, you know, he went he went to Tennessee and then it goes so hot, so he went to uh, Alabama and then he got an, another coaching job from there. I don't know. I, I'm trying to rack my brain because this just literally just happened right before I was going to start the show. Is there do, does Alabama? Do you think they have a guy in place that can take over for Saban? I mean, because none of these guys. That I know of the top of my head are former head coaches or, or former, you know, they're all just coordinators. Well, it doesn't mean anything. You can be a coordinator and you can move up and you can you can take over. But just the, it, it doesn't seem like they had a – this just came out of nowhere. It doesn't seem like there's a secession uh, program here where you think a guy like Nick Saban winning six or seven national championships would have, all right, I want to get out such a time. I want this guy to be my next head coach. You know what? Do you remember when um... – Dean Smith retired. Yep. And they tried some other people. Mm-hmm. And then they humbly went over to North Carolina. I mean, uh, to, to Kansas. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and they got uh, Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Yep. And Roy was like, I just won a championship here. <laughs> How can I leave these guys? But it was kind of hard to turn down the brand. Yeah. Right, which was, right. you know, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Do you go after Kirby Smart? Ooh. There you go. Do you say, look, look. We'll give you the vault. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know that you already got your program rolling and you're predicted to win it next year. Now, Kirby was like, no, I'm going to build my own Alabama here. Uh-huh. Which one, he has. Two, the last three, mm-hmm. and we're predicted to win it next year. But do do they back up the Brinks truck and say, mm-hmm. look, we're willing to give you $15 million a year? And that could be Dambo. Dambo Sweeting. He, he's a he's a walk-on, former walk-on at Alabama. That'd be another that's one. That, that's that another name. Yeah, they could pull up. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. But but yeah. Pete Carroll's going back to the college game. You think so? Oh yeah, he ain't done coaching. Oh no, I don't think he's done coaching. You don't think he's gonna get take a shot at the another NFL job? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Maybe he'll go to Alabama. He he may go to Alabama. He may go to somewhere that's big time competition. He's not gonna go from there to Fresno State. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if he was at USC, that place would have been hopping. Right. Um, you just never know. I mean, they got they got the, the cupboard's not bare. Mm-hmm. However, they got to make a choice soon because all of those guys are going to be hitting the portal. Right. Oh yeah, they got to do it quick because that that portal happens fast. I'm t- when I tell you about those poachers, those vultures they're, they're are already out there. On, they're on the wire right now, looking down. Is <laughs> right. you know when the, when the when the cat's away, the mice will play. So it's like the minute the coach says I'm retiring. All those guys are knocking on doors, hitting DMs. Yep. Say, hey, man, hey, uh, Alabama, Georgia wants you. Georgia said they'll give you five hundred thousand. Right. So wants you. They, it's it's a it's a frenzy. Exactly. All right, Mike. Congratulations to to your son too. He's uh, the, I get school right. He's going to Bowling Green next year. Is that is that the right school? Yeah, he's there right now. He's day yeah, now. three. Awesome. He went awesome. Last Thursday, he's enjoying it. He's doing the rehab. You know, he tore his PCL. Yeah. In the playoffs last year. 
Um, you know, he's on. He was on treadmill today. They'll start doing pool workouts and, you know, getting it stronger. So about a, in about a month, he'll be ready. He, you know, he loves to work out. He loves to do all this. So he's been lifting, mm-hmm. but now they're having him lift on his leg, strengthening the muscles around the tendon. And, uh, you know, they'll stretch. The coach says he's putting them in yoga, which I've been trying to tell him for the longest. You know, my son got good when during COVID. Yeah. There was nothing to do. So we were just sitting around the house. <clears throat> and I said, hey, let's go up to UC. Let's get some workouts in. I'll call some of your boys. And let's, he was playing quarterback at the time. Right. Call some of your friends. And let's get some, you know, some reps. So we go up there and he saw it was like six people up there. It's one guy with his shirt off running bleachers and a bunch of girls in yoga pants. <laughs> it was a wrap. He saw that. He was like, oh, every day, three o'clock. He was like, three o'clock, dad? Huh? Three o'clock? You going up there? Every, I didn't have to ask him or beg. You know, when it was over, you do all these drills. We do passing drills, do sprints. You had to parachute run and all that stuff. And afterwards, when it was all over, I said, all right, we finished this by. You know, we're going to run the stadium steps. You're going to go up and down. We're not going to go up, cross down. We're going to go up, down, up, down. Oh, and every time it. you come back down, you're going to do 15 sit-ups. And you see and steps, they, they sucked until just walk okay. up and down. He put That's his headphones on, oh, God. and he wasn't complaining at all because by go. the time we started doing that, it was more girls that was there <laughs> running up and down with the yoga shorts. <laughs> and I said, brother, whatever it takes to get my man motivated. Hey. Yes. So, hey. That's what you got to do. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. It's worked out, man. So I'm, I'm happy for, for you and happy for him. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure uh, we check out. Got a, another Nelson in, in, the, in the college. Well, not college, he's in college football. You're in basketball, but in the college program here. So that, that's. Yeah. Every time I see him, I say namaste. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Terry, man. You've been out for 38 minutes. I appreciate you coming on, dude. I can't wait till Saturday night. Uh, I, I got a good feeling. Going into the Baylor's game, uh, I just the way they're playing, like I, like I always put it this way: if this is the jumping-off point, you know, and we're not going to go any lower than this. We just go up from here. I think we got a good shot to make some noise in the Big Twelve, and and if we get some wins, you get nine, ten wins in the Big Twelve. That's an NCAA tournament team, don't you think? Oh, well, I think there's eleven teams in the Big Twelve that's going to make the tournament. Yeah, and when I said that earlier this year, people were eyebrows got kind of big, like. I kind of hope so, but they didn't really believe it. But we have 11 teams in the top 50. Yeah. It's the best basketball conference. It's the best basketball conference in the country. Yeah, it's the best of all time as far as numbers-wise. It's not. I don't think it's better than the old Big East. Dan and I talked about that yesterday because that was yeah. star-driven. The 80s. Oh, but yeah, as far 80s as teams and metrics and three-point shooting and, and all that, like – the, the old Big East, you had stars that were around three, four years. Yeah, yeah. And so you you grew to love them and grew to know them. And they were household Derek Coleman, Ronnie Cyclist, Sherman Douglas, Earl DePerl. You know, we had Patrick all Ewing. these different names. Uh, Patrick Ewing, you know, Dikembe Mutombo, Alonzo Morning. Alonzo Morning. Yeah. Walter Berry, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Mullen. We had, yep. it was just big names. Derek they became Coleman. stars in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Big 12, you don't have that. You don't, you couldn't tell me one star in the Big 12. Well, you don't really have that in college basketball in general anymore, yes. I, I don't think, Terry. Because, I mean, if, they, if they're if they're that good, they're going to go play in the D League or go play somewhere else for one year and then right. come in to, to, to the NBA. So that, that's just that, – that that's sad to me for college basketball. I, I, I miss that. But, I mean, one thing I will I'll give uh, Wes a shout-out, though. He is trying to get the number one recruit 
in college basketball for next year. And, I, dude, I don't know about you, but he might not get him, but I love it. He's at least shooting his shot. He's at least trying. Because we had coaches in the past that wouldn't even try. Like, oh, we're not going to – we don't – I like my guys. I, I like my guys. I want to keep my guys. We don't We don't need anybody else. I'm like, he's, he's the best high school player in the country. Why would you right. try to go get him? Right. I mean, I, I love that. I mean, I don't – like I said, I have no idea if we got a shot at getting him or not. But what, what's your thoughts on what's going after that and, and, and putting UC out there, you know, as a, an option for these guys? As far as him to go recruit, yeah, just because I think it's a recruiting thing. Like you know, if you get your name out there in front of the top guys and they're considering or not, then the next year the the, the other guys might consider it. And just it just gets the the college name out there or UC's name out there for them. I, mean, I think we, we're at a log jam. Like he's we're in a good place because everybody on the team can come back other than John Newman and Odio Guama. Right, right. So you talking about CJ Frederick? The whole team coming back. You're adding Tyler Betsy. Mm-hmm. Who's another Demar Johnson type six eight sharp shooting wing player? You'll add Rayvon Griffin, who's looking really really good in practice. Right, right, right. And then you add Tyler McKinley. Tyler McKinley may be the one that, that red shirts and gets stronger, gets bigger, works on his game because they're log jam at the forward forward position. But we'll have all our bigs back. Vic will be at an all conference level next year as well. I mean, think of the jump he made from last year to this year. Uh-huh. And he's added the three-point shot. He becomes a knockdown three-point shooter by next year. And, you know, Jamil with his footwork better, better conditioning. And then you still got Aziz Bendego. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do I need another forward? Tyler can pass. He can do so many good things. Just not sure that we're going to need him next year. The red shirt him like, like we did uh, Rayvon. Right. But as far as wing players, man, we had a log jammed. I still think we may need another guard, another point guard, a third point guard. But I think Seamus Nikosius can play more point guard down the stretch here in the Big 12. You're going to see different looks, especially if Day-Day continues to struggle offensively. Then you're going to see Seamus play more of that position um, in the future. But Jizzle needs to be the guy that's going to be running the show. Uh That does not mean you don't play Day-Day. Because I like Day-Day. I like yeah. what he brings to the table. But you know when somebody has it. Jizzle's mm-hmm. got it. I, yeah. I, he, he, I can see that the first game he played, it jumped off the, off the, out the screen. You can, you yeah. can tell. Not too many teams have it. Mm-hmm. Many players have it. Right. Exactly. And when you have it, it shows. Now, I, guess, I guess I'm going to try to rephrase my question there with, with uh, Wes going after the number one guy. Does that – just the fact of him reaching out and doing that, do you think that puts uh, UC as options for future uh, number, you know, top five guys to consider UC because he's reaching out and trying to get him now? Does that help in future recruiting as far as the bigger name uh, high school players? Oh, yeah, because when you got guys, you bring them in and all of a sudden they start taking pictures and posting, you know, I'm blessed to receive an offer as right. every high school kid does now. Mm-hmm. University of Cincinnati, but when they come and they see the atmosphere, like Texas, some of those guys on Texas may be trying to enter the portal to come to UC. They, they, they were they were shocked at how cool Fifth Third Arena was and how they, they, it was. I'm telling you, yeah. we have one of the best college basketball atmospheres. Yes, we do. So whoever comes in here is an audition for them mm-hmm. because they look at our place. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to see their place, and they can be auditioning <laughs> when we right. go on the road. You know, they can right. be trying to poach our players. Right. But there's nothing like Cincinnati. We're a basketball town. I mean, you know, we have we, we all the sports that I'm talking about. No NBA. 
So with with UC and, and Xavier, you know, we are the, the basketball. It's more of a, a UC town, even though Xavier's got a tremendous program. Mm-hmm. It, people wear that black and red, and they mm-hmm. want to know, and they see the games, and they see the heritage, they see the people, they see the locker room, they see all the stuff that goes on to it. They see the DJ, they're like, man. <laughs> I, want to, I want to be a part of this. Right, exactly. Well, Wes kind of said that when he walked in the fifth third the first time. He's like, wow, this place is really cool. And, and I, I I love Shoemaker, but fifth third arena is way nicer than Shoemaker. I mean, they're the same building, but, you know, the whole everything got got there, uh, got redone a couple years ago. And it is an awesome place to be. Terry, I appreciate you coming on. Anything you want to want to plug or anything before I let you go, you know, the coach's show or anything you got going on? Oh, yeah, if you guys can come out, Montgomery and Coaches Show in Montgomery uh, every Thursday, 8 o'clock. It's always great to get there about 7, have dinner mm-hmm. uh, with the fam and associate, you know, socialize with people. May have some of that adult Kool-Aid, you know, a, a glass or three. A four. Of, of the red wine. You know, it could be a four. They, they tip it in. And that's you know, how you ice your knees up, Terry. Remember, we've had, had this conversation. That's how you ice your knees up. With that that's red how wine. I ice my knees, man. I got to. <laughs> That's how I get that licensing in them to keep them from cracking and, and you know. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Hey, but salute to all of the old coaches that are headed, leaving out the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Saban. Yep. Pete Carroll. Um, it's a changing of the guard. So I appreciate you bringing that. You know, we got to really appreciate the guys that really set the table for our entertainment. Uh, dude, Terry, t- every, every, like, I'll just go to college basketball. Last year when Sashesky left, like every college coach that was big time when I was growing up is gone. They're all gone. I mean, there there isn't any legend. I'm, there really isn't any legendary, just in college basketball, legendary head coaches out there anymore. They all retired. I mean, I, honestly, I can't think of one right now that's that's still. Out I got there. a bombshell for you. What do you got? Um, Bob Huggins will be coaching again next year. Ooh, we're at. Can't tell you that. That's the bombshell that's gonna drop. <laughs> Ooh. But it's gonna be it's a pretty it's a pretty good program. All Just right. Well, they, so. Hey, I I love I love seeing my boy Hugs back. You know, I'm a big Huggins guy. So yeah, That's so awesome. at the mid to the end of the season, man, I'll I'll tap back in and we'll we'll discuss um what I have been hearing from a very, very reliable and close source. So Ooh, there you go. You hey, see this way you tune in the strawberry ice. You, you get hard hitting breaking news here from, from Terry Nelson. So Terry, dude, I appreciate it. I love you, man. I was, like I said, I say this every time. I'm so happy I met you because you were the ver- very first person to come on my show. I never even thought about having guests or anything like that. So I always uh, give you the props for 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 giving me the idea to have guests on here. So I appreciate you every time you come on, and you've been a great friend and a great help to my show. So I appreciate you a lot, man. You're good peeps. You got good energy. Next time, well, maybe we'll do it live from your house so I can have some of those beers that you keep flaunting. Right there, right there. Yeah, hey, come on, come on. You know, you know, the ice cave is always open to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Terry, man. I appreciate you, man. Talk to you later, brother. All right, my bro. Oh, let me hit that right there. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I almost hit the wrong button. I tried to like end the whole stream. That's not what I wanted to do. Anyway, uh, like I said, big news. I mean, you heard it here. Bob Huggins is going to be coaching again somewhere. So uh, I don't know where, but keep an eye out for that. I might have to clip that out and tweet that out <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, coaches are leaving. It, it sucks. Um, it's changing. Like Terry said, it's changing the guards. Things are happening. 
one thing in life it's constant in life things always change uh things don't always change for the better but they always change and you just gotta roll with the punches and and uh see what happens anyway i want to remind you guys that uh this friday two more days from now we will be at brick brewery uh and if you have not signed up yet i don't know why not uh yeah i go to ztv online sign up there subscribe to my show because we are giving these Bearcat, four Bearcat tickets, uh, a Bearcat hat, and a hoodie. We're giving them away a lot live this Friday on my show. If you're not watching on my show, you don't know if you want or not. You, you will get an email or something like that. But if you want to find out who wins, watch the show Friday night. Make sure you subscribe to my channel. And uh, you, like I said, you get uh, four tickets to the TCU game. So it'll be a lot of, a lot of fun. I can't wait to Saturday night. Saturday night, I'm thinking about um, – so we talked about – me and Maddie Myers talked about doing – a live stream of the NFL playoff game. But then my beautiful wife goes, uh, you know the breakouts are playing at 8 o'clock Saturday night? I said, you're right. I, I knew they played Saturday. I didn't realize it was 8 o'clock. So what I'm thinking about doing is I might be live, doing a watch party for the Bearcat-Baylor uh, game on my channel Saturday night and doing a watch party for uh, – I think it's the – I think we're going to do the Steelers game. I think it's going to be Maddie talking about we could, we could – uh, Watch the Steelers lose, hopefully, uh, on Sunday. So this week is a Friday night. I'll be at Break Brewery. Saturday night, uh, I should be live streaming uh, or having a watch party for the uh, the Bearcat basketball game, having a watch party for the NFL playoff game. So that's why I keep telling you, subscribe to the channel. You never know what I'm going to be on. It always helps. And thanks to everybody who has been watching on ZTV Cincinnati, ZTV Online, like I said, YouTube. I'm at 2,466 subscribers. Let's try to get that up. Uh, I'm also on Rumble. Uh, now, the cool thing is here, my Facebook's been blowing up, and I appreciate you guys. I had 3,053 subscribers um, on the way up to 4,000. Twitter, I'm at 4,939. So if you guys could follow me on Facebook and Twitter, I'd appreciate it. Get those numbers up. Try to get me to 4,000 on Twitter. I'm also, you can also follow me on TikTok, which I got 1,300 on there. Uh, I'm on Threads. So make sure you follow all that stuff. Uh, like, subscribe, share the show because by you guys helping uh, get it out, you know, uh, that, that helps. And through all that, I have a new uh, sponsor that will be starting. I'm going to give him a free plug now. It's going to be starting here in March. But Midwest Best Barbecue is going to be an official sponsor of the Strawberry Ice Show. So we're going to have some cool stuff. I'm going to do a, get a commercial and stuff for them and do some cool stuff on the show here starting in February. They are great people. Uh, Tim and his wife, Nicole, are awesome. They're, they're good friends. Uh, the, the wings are delicious. Uh, they go, they, they, they provide the wings for the uh, Bengals of Brews and Rally uh, uh, Tailgate there, uh, which, I mean, I, I, they put it on Twitter the other day that they were trying to think of a, a name for their uh, tailgate. So if you guys want to go to Bengals of Brews, Tailgate, and Rally on, on um, Twitter, and you can try to give your uh, ideas to them for their tailgate. We'll find something out. We got another, you know, year till that happens. Anyway, as I'll be pulling a sound off later on tonight, put on the podcast on Beanpod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please, 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 this helps. If you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, take a couple minutes extra, and when you get done, give me a five-star review. Leave a comment. That just helps the algorithm. and helps more people find my podcast. It helps me out. I'd appreciate it. Like I said, right, YouTube, uh, all that stuff. Anyway. Other than that, I got uh, we're gonna do some more Bearcat talk tomorrow. Might do some NFL stuff. I got right now. I got Neil Meyer 
go beyond. I might reach out, try to get some more people on. We might do a uh, a big discussion. Uh, NFL playoffs, college basketball, uh, any news on the Bengals, uh, stuff like that, which I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I'm going to tweet this out. I, I got a copy. Jamar Chase on ESPN Sports Center. They asked uh, who he's rooting for in the AFC. And he said, anybody but the Chiefs. Porkchop, if you're watching, or Joey Carr, Common Threads, T-shirt you can make. Anybody but the Chiefs. Just throwing out there. I was throwing ideas out there. Anyway, other than that, you guys have a wonderful day. I'll see you guys tomorrow live at 530. Oh, yeah, real quick. The show at break is at 7 o'clock. So it's a later show. So uh, make sure you guys put that in your calendar. Uh, show at 7 o'clock at break. Other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!